want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That Ain't that what we're supposed to do? I know if I keep talking about how dirty it is out here, somebody going to clean it up. Yo, Mo B, man, drop that shit. You are listening to Milagro, baby. Milagro Grams. International Nino. Mia. Nigga Millie. Can we mob You know what time to do. Ooh, yeah. I know what it's time to do. In a world full of absolute uniqueness, no one person can decide what is and what is not the standard. At Vi Cosmetics, the mission is to enhance natural beauty with safe and high-quality products. The best clump-free volumizing mascara and precision liners define your eyebrows with the vegan cruelty-free eyebrow pencil that goes on smooth and washes off so easily that you'll wonder how it stays on all day. Hydrating glosses with skin love and vitamin E that are non-sticky and non-tacky. You can buy a single product or you can take a look at some of the amazing bundle packages that they offer. So if you're vying for the look, then you have to get Vi Cosmetics, where the look is your look. Hey, y'all. It is Monday, February 1st. Do not forget that if you use the code MOB15, you can get some more discounts on your order. Over at Vi Cosmetics. What's up with y'all? I hope that y'all had a great weekend. It is Monday. Does it feel like a Monday? How y'all feeling? How y'all feeling? What y'all doing? Look, y'all wide awake, ready to get into it. Y'all was hitting me up all weekend about all of the bullshit that y'all uh, saw. Shout out to everybody uh, that decides that they want to go against the law. They sent me the link so I could watch the uh, Wendy Williams shit because I for damn sure wasn't about to pay for no damn lifetime. It's police. Who the fuck you think I am, bitch? <laughs> uh-uh. I'm gonna pay for that. They said fire stick. I'm a Roku lady. Okay, but shout out to everybody that was able to watch it on the fire stick. So, shout out to Say Cheese TV. Did anybody's phone go off? Okay, the Texas alert system accidentally sent out an Amber alert for Chucky and his child on Friday morning. And we're absolutely talking about Chucky. Like the killer fucking doll. And then Shitface, a.k.a. Glenn. So, there was a local Amber Alert issued. They said the abducted child was Glenn. They said he was five years old, white with blue eyes, red or auburn hair. Okay. They said that he was uh two feet and three inches tall. They had Chucky Shitface talking about he's 28 years old. They said race, other doll. They got his eye color and shit. You know, don't, we really don't have time for this bullshit. No word yet on if they've uh, found him, okay? But uh, that's what had happened. And we don't know about the whereabouts of Tiffany. But this country, I tell you, I tell you what, this is a fucking mess. They said I thought it was fuckface. Every time I say his name fuckface, y'all be telling me it's shitface. I don't know what the fuck it is. And don't care. He's a fucking freak. That's what I do know for a fact. So I wouldn't give a damn what his name is. And everybody needs to calm down. Okay? They down there playing because everybody bored. Ain't nobody got time for that shit. Now, this page pulled this up. And I just wanted to know how y'all felt about it. Okay? Oh, now it's fucking up. Or am I slow? No, it won't let me turn it up. Okay, well, anyway, let me show y'all. 
So this page right here called Blogger Chuck on Instagram, they have reposted this part of a speech that uh, Joe Biden was given for Senator Robert Byrd, who had passed away. And so he had called the former KKK member Robert Byrd a friend, mentor, and a guide. Okay, there was some information that came out about, um, it was Joe Biden and flying the LGBTQ flag. Did y'all see that shit? Tell me y'all saw it. Let me, hold on, let me see if I can go find it for y'all real quick. There are a lot of people who feel like, what in the hell is going on and where are his priorities? And my whole point is, he ain't never liked your black ass. Now, if Donald Trump had got his ass up there and gave a speech for a Robert Byrd, Y'all wouldn't let him hear the end of it. Y'all don't let him hear the end of the fact that his parents were affiliated. But Joe Biden up here saying that Robert Byrd was a friend, a mentor, and a god. And he was a proud member of the motherfucking KKK. That could stand your black ass. So what the hell that's supposed to mean? They said an imperial wizard of the clan. Not, not just anybody. He had a really pointy motherfucking hood. So that's interesting. They said Trump's father was a KKK member. Okay, and what was Robert Byrd? So... This is absolutely fucking ridiculous. Let me see if I can go to, um, I'm going to have to find it on the, oh, no. I think I found her page. Hold on. And if I see the post, then I'll definitely show you. And if not, then I'll have to go and uh, look it up myself a little bit later. Yeah, because I don't see it. So I'll pull it up for you guys later. But it was this new thing that he passed that allows for the flag, like the rainbow flag, to, like, be flown. So we'll pull it up and we'll look into it, Okay. Now, I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with Ghislaine Maxwell. You know, um, she needs to ride in hell. So, Chris Sparjo went online, and he said that Ghislaine Maxwell and Sarah Kellen stole the passport of a 15-year-old girl and then forced her to have sex with Jeffrey Epstein. The girl was then threatened and told to never speak of the incident and then taken to the home of Eva, okay, Dubin, who helped cover up the rape of this child. And the documents are right here if anybody wants to go and take a look and read through it. But we just summed up everything that it was. I think it's absolutely heinous and ridiculous and disgusting that somebody would do that to another human being. But especially a child. Especially a child. And so I don't feel anything for Ghislaine and anybody involved. I don't think that they have everybody. I think that they need to work harder and bringing everybody in and making everybody uh, accountable for the role that they played in that sick-ass demonic shit. You know, leave them damn kids alone. Leave people alone, but really leave the fucking children alone. Okay? That shit is absolutely fucking ridiculous. They they finna call Prince Andrew ass in. They already kicking him out the dinner party. You you ain't hear about that? Bitch, they over there treating him like an ugly duckling, bitch. He, he might be done killed his damn self soon. You know how them white people do. Talking about as they should. They over there sucking baby dick. Well, how the fuck they gonna turn their nose on somebody else? They all freaks over there. Shit. Everybody over there doing some, some fucked up shit. So, no. They ain't got no right. <laughs> all right, y'all. Let's get serious. We're not into the mess of shit. So, this comes from ABC10. So, um, people hit me up about this because they were absolutely mortified so, there were two women that got killed on Instagram Live, if I understand that correctly. Let's go ahead and get into this. 
Developing news out of Vacaville tonight as police named the suspect arrested this morning for the killing of two women. 29-year-old Raymond Michael Weber faces two counts of first-degree murder. He is currently in the Solano County Jail held on no bail. As ABC 10's Giacomo Luca tells us, police say the man live-streamed the gruesome scene online. Just hear a whole bunch of gunshots, and I'm like, what the heck is going on? Broken glass and a startled community after a seven-hour standoff between 29-year-old suspect Raymond Weber and Vacaville police. Tim Hillstrom woke up this morning to police banging on his door. And he said, it's a matter of life and death. we got to get you out of here right now. Neighbors evacuated as reports of a disturbing live video stream on social media brought police to the Rocky Hills Apartments for Veterans just before 1 a.m. Saturday morning. The video is too gruesome to air. It shows the suspect wielding a handgun while standing over two naked, bloody, and badly bruised women who lied still for the entire 17 minutes. At least one had what appeared to be a gunshot wound. Stuart Mixon lives nearby. It's uh, pretty gruesome, disturbing. It made me sick to my stomach. Vacaville police say Weber barricaded himself in the apartment and refused to negotiate. After hours, the department breached the unit, tased Weber, and arrested him. Weber was already wanted for domestic abuse and assault with a deadly weapon. He now faces two counts of murder. Police have yet to identify the two women involved. Uh, just praying for the families that lost their loved ones and just, yeah, thoughts and prayers are with them. Police aren't releasing information about the two victims until their family members are notified. Okay, so first of all, first of all, that is absolutely horrible. Rest in peace to those ladies. Um, the way that people feel like they want to go online and record shit like this, because this has been happening, you know, I think a lot since the live feature has been implemented into a lot of different platforms. People go online and they do crazy shit. Crazy shit. And then this shit goes viral and people are leaving comments and it feeds into, you know what I'm saying, that crazy ass idea that, oh, you know, this is what somebody wants and this is okay and all kind of sick shit. Um, I'm wondering who those girls are. They haven't identified them and then they still, they can't even release any more information because they need to contact their families those kids could have been kidnapped from somewhere abducted anything who in the hell are they you know what i'm saying so rest in peace to them and prayers to their families um and, and anybody who f ends up finding out that that's their damn loved one they said they were kidnapped oh hell yeah you heard what they said they, they were young girls They said, Toya said that a lady in Jamaica was killed in church on live yesterday. You know, it, it's just absolutely horrendous. What I will say is there's nothing new up under the sun. You know, there are people um, like my granny who will sit up and say, oh, it's the end of the world. You know what I'm saying? Because this is happening. That's happening. Ain't nothing new up under the sun. You know what I'm saying? Our exposure to it and the way that it's put out, I think that changes. And, and the way that um, we're saturated with, you know, negative energy all the time and shit like that. And the way that they continue to try to keep us in a state of fear all the time. So they pump out those stories and those images. The, the news could be much more balanced than what it is. Much more balanced. But if you notice, it's, it's very dark all the time. Okay? So, um, like I said, prayers to them. They said, and you wonder why people are fucked up. Yeah, because they want more people to act like that. That's how they going to play us to that shit out everywhere. Don't tell nobody about it. Lock that bastard up.
The fuck? He want people to see him. Take his damn picture down. That's that shit that he like. Take that shit down. Feeding all into these freaks' fucking egos and shit. You know, like, uh-uh. That's how I agree. The negative spreads like a cancer. I, I think that you um have to be involved so that you can be aware of what's going on in your world. It's essential that you do that. But don't let it, you know, take you under. And make sure that you work two times as hard to, you know, give yourself positive news so that you can counteract all that goddamn negative that you're going to see. You know what I'm saying? Because that shit, like I said, is just very, very, very dark, okay? Whew. Let's go ahead and get into this. So, this is a topic for another time, really. But let's go ahead and brush over it real quick. Y'all know that I'm a fan of the simulation theory, right? If, if you've been, like, um, to a politicking situation. Because I just find it so interesting. And, um... How do y'all feel about the fact that everything in our in our world is based on like um, on math, numbers? I, I feel like that definitely adds to the idea that it could be computer based. But regardless of that, I feel like we are living in an episode of Black Mirror. Okay, I was literally freaked the fuck out. Let's go over here to say Cheese TV when this story came out. You can now get a verified badge crest on your Bay Area home if you're an influencer, public figure, or if you represent a brand. Blue check homes. Get a verified blue badge on your home, okay? The blue verified badge on your house lets people outside know that you're an authentic public figure. To receive the blue check crest, there must be someone authentic and notable actively living in the house. But why in the flying fuck would I want to invite somebody to rob my ass? Can somebody help me understand? Why in the hell would I basically invite people to my goddamn house to come run up in my shit? Once we get past how stupid the idea is, let's get into the idea. What the hell is going on? What kind of shit is this? And what does this do to society? You got to think about the impacts of that. You know what I'm saying? You giving, like literally giving people a crest. And look at it looking all royal and shit. Like you supposed to be what? Like what kind, like what the fuck? Like, uh-uh. Problem. <laughs> what the fuck is this? The Hunger Games? Uh, what kind of shit is this? Let's just say it's just classism. That's nothing new. Seriously, but come on now. Like, what kind of shit is this? What are people supposed to feel about that? In the neighborhood, they ain't got no crust on their house. So now people gonna be putting up bootleg-ass crust. That's gonna be a fucking problem. They said that 1984 book. Listen, I am looking at my copy of 1984 right now in my hand. George Orwell, 1984. War is peace, freedom is slavery, ignorance is strength. It is literally one of my favorite books. I love this. I really love utopian societies. I love the way that people um, map it out because it's whatever you want it to be. Your idea of perfection and happiness and everything else. So I love beauty and um, the cleanliness and the way that people make utopian societies just very bright and fresh and shit like that. But people seem to have more fun creating works around dystopian societies. So you'll find a lot more of those than anything else. And um, 1984 
really was just very uh, impactful. And I think that a lot of things have come into fruition. And uh, after reading The Giver, we had to read it in school as well. I see some people saying they read it in school. They said Pleasantville. Okay, I like that movie too. Um, I had to read it, and I fell in love with it because it was uh, really, really good. But I think it speaks to the type of society that we have. So I absolutely would encourage anybody to go and um, listen to it, you know what I'm saying, or read it. I don't even think they have it on an audio book. I'm not sure. You'd have to look that up. But I'm a hard copy type of person. Uh, they're so sexy to have books. And um, you can always have it. So I love touching them, feeling them. I love the different artistic styles and the way that they do their covers and stuff like that. So that's why I have the book. But um, definitely go and read it. It's called 1984. And it's by George Orwell. And there are also some follow-ups too, if y'all want to check those out. Okay. They say it's on Kindle. Okay. Somebody stole your original? Yikes. Well, I bought mine and it's real cute. I, I love the smell of fresh, warm paper. And I love the sound of heels clicking on, um, like, marble or, like, hardwood floor. Do y'all have, like, them little things that y'all like, like, the smell of or you like to hear certain things? And then when I was growing up, my mama had wind chimes. So I really, really love, you know, just those those light sounds and the wind and clink, clink, clink. <laughs> Okay. I don't like the smell of grass. You love the smell of new books? Okay. That paper. You bust gas. Really? Who know what the fuck Metro smell like when you get on there and they been running the AC? This smell is just so familiar. <laughs> Ain't that smell distinct as fuck? The me literally, the Metro, when they run the AC... Bitch, I, I don't know what, how to describe it, but it got a smell. Listen, put your little scents down below. What you like to hear? What you like to smell? <laughs> All right, you guys. Speaking of, uh, Aaliyah J doesn't seem to like the taste, the smell, or the feel of Nigerian food. She allegedly called it dog food. Her and her boyfriend were sitting up tasting a couple of different things, and they didn't have a positive response to what they were eating. And um, as they were recording a video that's now been deleted, um, some, you know, some things were said that rub people the wrong fucking way. So let's go ahead and get into that real quick. They said it was her boyfriend that said it. So let's look at the tweets. Shout out to the Jasmine brand. So Aaliyah said after the fact, hey guys, something I found to be an innocent trend has hurt a lot of you. I was super ignorant to the hurt that these kind of videos hold. And I can take accountability that the tone of my video came across super insensitive. My intentions were never to hurt anyone in this way. She said, thank you to my true supporters and friends who have brought this matter to my attention and educated me on this. Okay. So this is her boyfriend right here. So the headline says, Aaliyah J and boyfriend called Nigerian food dog food in a YouTube video. Let's watch this clip. <laughs> I don't want to eat it. This is what you wanted. You wanted this. Where are you going? No, eat it. No, you have to eat it. No, you have to eat it. You have to eat it. You of all people have to eat it. You, no, eat it. Swallow. <laughs> no way. She was feeding for this. I told her this shit don't taste good. I told her it don't taste good. I don't like it. I never had it before. I just know I wasn't gonna like it. 
I'm gonna keep it a thousand. Personally, this is my personal opinion. Okay. So as people note, they didn't necessarily hear it there, but there was a clip where he did speak up and say some uh, about the dog food that it tastes like dog food. Aaliyah J didn't say it; he did. What Aaliyah J did ask was, um, "Do Africans eat shrimp?" Now she did ask that, and there were people who had an issue with that as well. Uh, let's see what else is up here. Okay, whatever. So how do I feel about it? Um, I feel like social media need to shut the fuck up sometimes. Who wants to hear that their type of food is what someone else considers to be like dog food? I mean, it's not nice. But if I felt like it looked like fucking dog food and it tastes like dog food, bitch, that's what the fuck I'm going to say. Do you really think they set up there and it was fuck you to the whole culture and everybody who makes Nigerian food and all people that work hard and everything that this stands for? Or was it that, okay, well, I tasted the food, the texture of this particular dish and the way that's coming off to me is, is giving me dog food right now. Come on now. Intentions. Intentions. Super ignorant? Yes. Yes. So that doesn't make it okay. You know, but is it the end of the world? No. And social media has a way of just being very fucking annoying. So, do I think that this was a PR response from Aaliyah J? Yes. But that's what y'all want, right? Okay. That doesn't change how they feel. Guess what? They still feel how they feel. Now, when she asked, do Africans eat shrimp? I think that that was, you know, more impactful than the dog food comment. I thought that was fucking stupid. Once again, super ignorant, like she said. Ignorant question. You know, so, um, like, I just don't think that it was the end of the world. She said what she said and addressed it. And hopefully everybody can move the fuck on. I, I just cannot get that invested with all the shit that's going on. They said, nah, it wasn't cool, Mia. It don't have to be cool. It ain't cool when people say black people love chicken and watermelon. But we still press forward and put it in the goddamn grease. And the band played on. So what the fuck do you want anybody to do? What you want anybody to do? Like, y'all just getting too goddamn thin-skinned for me. Y'all asses gonna melt. Y'all gonna rip. It don't be that goddamn deep. You don't have to like it. It was ignorant. That's what she said. Watch, the girl don't deserve to have a platform. Counselor. Take everything from her. She don't deserve to have a, a livelihood. Come on, now. It just wasn't that deep. I don't, I don't feel like she really meant, like, fuck y'all or nothing like that. This would be a different conversation if there was outright, like, disrespect and, and somebody coming up against the culture and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, let's talk about disrespect, for example. Kiki Wyatt calling MC Shaky a, a fucking monkey and telling him to go and kill himself. That's disrespectful. That's something racially driven that I think is a fucking issue. Okay, but I don't think that this was necessarily the end of the world. And, and since I brought it up, let's go ahead and get into it. This happened on Bigo. I think you may have seen um, Milan Christopher addressing a couple of people. I, it was, uh, who was it? Zell Swag, and it was somebody else that he addressed. But let's go ahead and get into this situation with Kiki. Because she went all the way off. And it was absolutely ridiculous. And we had already spoken about her behavior on Bigo because she was being dismissive of um, Milan Christopher. Saying, oh, 
Well, black people ain't the only ones oppressing la da dee da da. And there are some people saying, but Kiki Wyatt is black, so Kiki Wyatt was raised with who? Her mama. Cut it out. Cut out all this bullshit. You know what I'm saying? And giving people passes just because they got some black in their motherfucking blood. Everybody that's skin folk ain't motherfucking kin folk. Okay? And that was made very, very apparent with some the shit that she told TMC Shaky. She was absolutely ridiculous. And this is after she set up and downplayed and disregarded the struggles of black people. You're Kiki biracial. Her mama white. It's Mayo. Let's go ahead and get into what happened. Shout out to, oh, this is on MC Shaky's uh, page. So y'all can go to MC Shaky's page and y'all can check it out. This is where I'm playing it from today. And this is what happened, y'all. And uh, y'all can go and watch the entire thing. I'm not going to play the entire thing. But there was nothing that MC Shaky did or said that warranted the response that she gave at all. They were having a conversation and the same way that she didn't like what Milan Christopher was saying, so she interjected and was being condescending and dismissed them. That's what she did here again. Okay, so it was just disgusting to watch. Let's play it. That woman and her family, she's deceased, of course, but her family is still making millions because they know. Honey, you can read that all day, boo-boo, and point with them chunky-ass fingers. Girl, kick rocks. Let me tell you my history, chunky fucking monkey, okay? Don't come for me. I'm not that bitch. I know my history. You know your history. Good for you and your history, okay? I ain't talking about Popeyes. I'm talking about KFC. And I know what the fuck I'm talking about. Well, honey, shake that head. I don't care. You go there. People can write whatever they want on fucking Google until you get to the actual place and you know the actual people. Thank you. You have a blessed night, green head. Okay? You're so cute with your Kool-Aid colors. I see your Kool-Aid colors shining through. Now let that hairline come on down, baby. So please, I'm just, I'm, I'm a very nice person, but when you bring no, not, the nigga out of me, honey, it come out, but I come out as Shaquita, okay? And thank you so much, Milan, for, for schooling me on that part, because I didn't, I didn't know that part, but at the same time, I just feel like you never really truly know where music really comes from until you research God and Jesus. And let's pause really quickly. What does it mean when somebody says the nigger in me? Shaquita. Blackness always has to be associated with, with negative things, right? So when you start the acting a damn fool which is not exclusive to black people, that's because you're acting like a nigger. Okay, because that's an insult in itself. Listen to people when they talk. The Bible. Nobody came up with nothing without God. God is the one that has created everything. Okay? But okay, no um, shade to my black people. Wow. I love my black people. That is my look at my hair. Come on, honey. I'm a black woman. I love me. And I appreciate just, God for making me who I am. So it can be difficult sometimes, and but you, I accept it. So but at beautiful. the end of the day, 
Uh. It's so beautiful. Whoever made yeah. uh. whatever. It's so beautiful. <laughs> huh? You're so beautiful. I'm telling you, you're so beautiful. Well, thank you. You are sweet sugar. And again, I love your Kool-Aid hair. Thank you. So anyway. Um, you know, but um, let me just say this, sweetheart. Let me just tell you. Go ahead. Okay. But been, it don't mean facts, listen, baby. Make sure you okay, got facts. Okay, okay. If, you, if um, you're from a certain okay. place, don't speak your, facts on where you're from. Don't speak I'm facts speak, on I'm where you're from. Speaking facts. I'm speaking facts. That I've been fat for 36. I've been fat for 38 of my 38 years. I've been. Girl. She gonna walk off? <laughs> How the fuck she walk <laughs> off? Out of respect. Out of respect. Out of respect. So, oh, so you see the belly, don't you? Uh, looking, I didn't hear you, honey. What'd you say, sugar? I said, I said, sister, but I've been fat for a long time, and I've been eating Popeye. Do you see her attitude? And Kiki mad because she want to say that KFC started up fried chicken. That's what this is about. And they say that they feel like she was drunk, but she's supposed to be pregnant, allegedly. And wait, it gets worse, bitch. FC churches, razor canes, uh, the wing stop, every chicken that you could name from here to Mexico, I promise you, I ate it. Oh, I can tell. Uh, uh -huh. I can tell. It's okay. Yeah. It's and so I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Popeyes. Yeah. I know my history about chicken and, pro, and those, you don't know your franchise. you know your history about you Popeyes. Popeyes. You don't know about KFC, girl. Girl, okay, so like Ooh. obviously you had a little too much to drink, and out of respect for Super, I'm gonna pay with you, girl. Obviously, I but out of respect. Out of respect for Super, I'm gonna pay with you, but you put girl, wait, I wait, promise. Wait, 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 nigga, 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 but I told y'all how I felt about Kiki, and that ain't changed. And it's another example of this ain't her damn hormones. That girl act like that 24-7. too much shit, <laughs> Obviously. But at the, at the, at, like, obviously, you have to be drunk, high, or just insane. One of the three. Oh! Uh, or, or a combination of all three. Nonetheless. Oh, well, out of respect, I'm drunk, then yeah, I know. Out of respect for Super, I'm going to pay you. I'm going to pay you, girl. First of all, but girl... Drunk, well, girl, if I catch I you slipping on these legal, girl, I'm gonna, I, girl, and I, you know, I understand you saying that all that, all that, girl. But girl, when I catch you on these legal, slipping, girl, I'm gonna talk to you sweetheart. Good night, y'all have a great night. Say good night because mm. I don't know who this motherfucking fat ass queen is. Oh, but bitch, don't come for me. I ain't drunk, bitch. You ain't seen drunk. <laughs> I don't get drunk. I am a mother. I got to get up at fucking 7 o'clock in the morning. I ain't got time to be getting drunk. Kiki, you got my stomach. My body and my liver and my kidneys. Third of all, what? I don't like how that feels because, bitch, I don't want to wake up puking my fucking guts up. Okay? Fourth of all, girl, go get on a diet. <laughs> Shaky actually had tried to commit suicide once upon a time in his life. So it was very hurtful to him when she said, kill yourself. It's very hurtful to him. And I think that that's very ugly to say. You don't wish death on anybody. I thought that was horrendous of her. Yeah, 
you know, just horrible. Um, for it to go from, you know, pleasantries to you fat queen. You know, I think that these are the things that people have to pay attention to. You know, everything good until it's time for somebody to really show you how they feel. And she was absolutely disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. I think that people should make something out of it. I definitely consider those um, racial slurs that she was throwing out. And this was over chicken. And I think that's why he was saying, you must be drunk or something because this shit is dumb. Like, what the fuck? She doing all of that. Behind you don't know KFC chicken history. Bitch, I hope you drunk or something. Because what the fuck are you talking about? What are you talking about? So, uh, it was just very ugly. Very ugly. And I didn't see that get up on no blogs or something like that. But had she said that to a popular gay man, I feel like that would have been everywhere. But I guess Shaky not big enough? Or what? What's the difference? Like when Super had threatened Shaky life. And Lou was out there putting a bounty on uh, Shaky. Why they didn't make nothing out of that? But let her make a fucking spreadsheet. Talking about she made a million dollars in two seconds. They ass gonna be reposting that all goddamn day. So, I just thought that was trash. Trash, trash, trash. And I think that people should say something. If you've been made aware of that, I feel like you should say something. Send some love as well. Something like that. That shit was fucked up. And you shouldn't tell any human that. But, um... That, that was a trigger, and I could absolutely understand why. You know, mm-mm. I want to give a shout-out to Lil Boosie Boo, okay? And shout-out to the Texas Talk on Instagram. Watch this here. Okay, wait a minute. Can I mute it? Do y'all see Boosie up on his feet? He has hopped up, hopped up out the motherfucking wheelchair, so that he can perform for y'all. Let me tell y'all something. For that man to get shot with the weapon that he got shot with. For that to tear up his leg the way that it did. For him to have diabetes. And for him to be able to stand and shit like that. That is amazing. Literally. Because it wasn't just, you know what I'm saying, somebody who ended up getting hurt. And got, man, it's somebody who already has a fucking issue. A health issue. A health crisis. And it's so much harder for diabetics to heal. And to, you know, get through traumas like this. So, uh, that's amazing. That's amazing that um, he's even at this stage of development. And uh, I think that he'll only get better. You know what I'm saying? To continue working so that he can be up and moving around. You know what I'm saying? And God bless him. God bless him. Y'all know that's one of my favorite songs. I, th I think that Boosie got a lot of growing to do. And I think that Boosie is one of the broken men, you know, um, in our community. Like a lot of people that we may know. He's, he's done some deplorable things that I don't even think he understands the gravity of. I cannot overlook, you know what I'm saying, things that he's spoken on in terms of, you know, what's happened with children and stuff like that. And even before that, if you, uh, I'm from the South, so I'm a fan of Boosie. If, if you know about the issues with some of the mothers of his children and different things that have come out, you know what I'm saying? It, it's always, you know, some bullshit. He got a lot of growing to do. I'll put it to you like that. But that doesn't mean that that's not a person that I still, you know, vibe to. I, I love Boosie's music. I like the way he talk. He's one of them down South niggas. He's familiar to me. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I like Boosted, but I, like I said, I need him to grow and I need him to change. And I can't act like I rock with the shit that's going on. You know, it, it just be some bullshit going on, you know, but like I said, it is what it is. What do y'all think Lil' Kim used face recognition? For the fuck what? And if she did, the shit would just malfunction anyway. Look up. 
That bitch a chameleon. I want to give a shout out to Funny Mike. Shout out to What's T on Instagram with three S's and two A's. Funny Mike opened up a studio. This is a huge step for anybody when they start a business to be able to not only get it on paper but have an actual space for what it is that you're doing and to be able to um, usher in, you know, new talent and, and help develop people and do shit like that. I don't know where he plans on taking it, but to even have a studio, I think that that's amazing. And congratulations to a young black man, you know, investing in himself. I, I thought that that was beautiful, and I hope that... um. They said Millie, uh, he on heel faster than Megan, bitch. Ain't nobody got that super skin. But um, hopefully you feel inspired. You know what I'm saying? You can do all kinds of stuff. So all, all of the people that want to have something, you can have concerts at your, at your studio, uh, have comedians come up there, have talent nights, all kind of shit. So shout out to him. And anybody else that's opened up a business and has, you know, gone out, stepped out on faith or, and bet on themselves. That, that's a lot. That's a lot. Y'all didn't let me talk for 30 minutes, and I ain't asked for no money. Let me tell you something. If you think I give a fuck that it's the first, you got me fucked up. Because you need to be taking advantage of the fact that it's COVID right now. So push it back. Uh, you can be three to five days late on your rent and all of that. More money, more money, more money. Are you enjoying the show? Then go ahead and drop something in my cash up on my PayPal because this is an independent operation. Cut it out. Uh, all I see is excuses. No, you ain't got no damn rent. Do you know what it's like to be homeless? If your answer is no, then I don't know why you paying your rent. How you gonna know how to survive if you don't know how to struggle? I'm trying to build your ass up. Now, you don't want to take it, but I'm, I'm going to make a man or a woman out of you. I sure am. I sure am. Come on, now. <laughs> I clown. I'm taking some of this mimosa. All I see is a dollar in my cash app. Well, let me have it. The fuck? <laughs> they say it's too cold to be home. Let's wait till the summer. <laughs> That's that child support to get to the house. Man, fuck them kids. Give me my damn money. Man, come on now. Mm-mm-mm. I'm playing. Shout out to everybody that sees fit to send me anything. I hope that you're enjoying the show. You know this is an independent-ass operation. You know they won't monetize my bitch ass because I be talking too much shit. So if you like it and you want to donate something, then go ahead. I appreciate you so much and thank you because you don't have to send me anything. You work so hard for your money, and I appreciate that you see fit to give me, like, any $1 bill. But I'm going to ask for it. You know that, don't you? Because I know my work, bitch. Mm-hmm. They say, fuck them kids. <gasps> yeah, fuck them kids. Remember when Bernie Mac said that? Man, cash up not working. We got a blizzard. You a damn lie. All right, y'all. Let's go ahead and get into this from on site. It looks like little baby's baby mama, Aisha, got that car that she was asking for. And do y'all see who's playing? So Aisha got her a new whip. And she got little baby uh, playing in the background. So do y'all think that he purchased this car so that she would shut the hell up and go ahead and take care of business? Uh, yeah, yeah, 
especially since there are rumors out there that him and Jada having problems. They'll probably open up the door for him to, you know, be more open. And, well, you know how niggas do. They be acting funny sometimes. And so maybe uh, he finally just felt like somebody, the brown sugar baby saying exactly what I'm saying because Jada ain't said them on. No bullshit. You cannot blame a woman. For what a man doesn't do, cause a grown a grown ass man, a grown ass someday, a grown ass adult, gonna do what the fuck they want to do, regardless, regardless. But I think that it's you know quite ironic that every time it's an issue with Jada and Baby, Baby can step up and do whatever in the fuck Aisha had asked him to do in the first place. The whole time that he be sitting his ass up with Jada, he don't know what that whole talking about. She don't deserve a penny, you know. She can get it on her own and all that kind of shit. But then, you know what I'm saying, it seemed like once there be, you know, a little bit of strife, oh, okay, Aisha's taken care of and she tripping. You know what I mean? She ain't tripping no more. Who knows? Because we ain't living their lives. So I see somebody saying this ain't even a new car. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But she acting like it's a new goddamn car. And so they playing his song in the whip. And so do y'all think that little Baby purchased the car? I mean, shit, we knew she couldn't purchase it, so who the fuck else about it? The real question is, does anybody give a damn? Now, that's the real question. I'm if, if that woman has a way to get around and a way to transport her son safely and she can handle her damn business, then shout out to you. <gasps> oh, let's give an, a fucking adult a cookie for adulting. What the fuck do you want me to do with that information? Okay, she got a new car. Good. Maybe not she'll stop complaining about not being able to take her damn child to the doctor and shit. They said it ain't that lemon she had before. <laughs> oh, girl. What the fuck? The fuck? Like, girl, shut up. The fuck? He told her get her shit together, then he would give it to her. Oh, baby, I can't deal with a nigga want to give me instructions. I, I don't operate like that. You gonna, you give me what the fuck I asked for, I'm a motherfucking me take it. the fuck i don't want to hear none of that bullshit they say it's lemon juice everywhere man man <laughs> but buses run all day <laughs> let's go ahead and get into this <laughs> my fault let me drink some more this is my mouth stuff. hold up <laughs> oh let me let me take a swig of water alkaline Put your hands in the air if you choking. Yeah, my granny said me flapping like a fucking bald eagle <coughs> in the kitchen. Put your arms up. Put your arms up. Damn, put your damn arms up. Hell, you ain't choking that damn bad you can't. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> and don't make her have to pat me on the back. <laughs> you about to beat my motherfucking back in. Okay. Okay, shit. I can breathe. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so let's go ahead and pay attention. Child, you, how you getting in trouble for choking? Damn. Would you calm down? But anyway, Sweetie and her Birkin bags are out here clowning. And why did I want to highlight this? Um, I really just wanted to highlight it because I didn't think that y'all would give as much of a fuck about her album allegedly being leaked as y'all would about this. I thought this was more interesting. <coughs> how do y'all feel about that? Do y'all feel anyway? She went online and said that she was disappointed in her people. Um, because it got out, but she don't know who in the fuck put it out. Sweetie, either you doing this shit yourself or somebody's trying to sabotage you. Regardless, 
we don't give a damn. At the end of the day, I think that this content is really cute. It's very refreshing for somebody, you know what I'm saying, in the industry with the type of spotlight that she has to be doing something that's so lighthearted and uh, fun. You know what I'm saying? That's not the simple, you know, twerking and shit that we're used to from a lot of the girls. And so, um, it's just this really cute thing. They said she put it out. Look, let's press play. Is she sleeping? Ooh, I'm going to take my new car. Guys, I'm going to like, Girl, shut up. Scared money don't make no money. I know that's right. Ooh. <coughs> hey! Let's mute that. That was cute. Chi Chi, you want her to die? Girl, my business. Ooh, that's mama calling. Hurry up before we get a whooping. Okay, let me tell you something. I thought that that was really, really, really cute. I think that if you go over to her YouTube page, you'll find a lot of cute videos. I like that she's in her own little bubble and she has fun and all kind of shit like that. So, um, shout out to Sweetie. You know, we don't really like the music, but she does get to benefit from Pretty Girl Privilege. And we rock with her anyway. Okay. That's what we do. That's what we do. Hold on one second. Let me make sure I ain't missing nothing. She said, I'm so late. No, you ain't late. You ain't late. Mm. Do y'all believe that um, Ari and Moneybag, y'all broke up? I don't know. I don't know if I feel like she was trolling or what. I'm quite possibly, I, I don't know. They, Keith said, I don't think we care. They got a video where they think that Moneybag was putting his uh, hand around this young lady's neck. So, who knows, bitch. You know how they do. They like to play. But let's go ahead and get get into somebody else that obviously likes to play. Uh, Cardi and Benji. I know y'all fucking lying. Did y'all see this shit? This happened after we got off live. So, it's two days old. Which is really like a month and got some time. So, how about Benji uploaded an old mood board? Okay? He uploaded it, but then he deleted it. But not before people caught it. As you can see, it says Roman. And you know that he was sitting up speaking about the fact that he had created mood boards for a new era for Nikki. So go ahead and take a look. Now you'll notice that that little dress over there looks mighty familiar. <gasps> Who did that end up on? Cardi. Making a fool out of her ass again. Let me tell you something. Remember when Nikki said Benji likes to rile her fans up? I definitely feel like that. He didn't have to post this, and even when he did, he damn sure didn't have to leave Roman up there, knowing that he was going to give that dress to somebody else. Now, it ain't no hand-me-down if Nikki never used it. And it was a mood board, and, and Nikki said, whatever he working on ain't got shit to do with me. I think, it, I think it's funny and it's a little kiki to say, you know what I'm saying? Oh, that's a hand-me-down, da 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 But this nigga is messy, is what he is, okay? And I don't think that he had to put Roman up there. And it's something that he created and it was never, it, it never came into fruition. Nikki never even fucking wore it. You know what I'm saying? So I just feel like he does a lot of extra shit that he doesn't have to do. And it sparks up a lot of unnecessary conversations. I think that, uh, you know, maybe Cardi wanted to make more of an, a splash or an impact when she wore this dress. If the world were open, I think it would have. You know what I'm saying? But a lot of things are just falling short. 
you know, just falling short. And it's just, I don't find a lot of people being as interested. You know, how did y'all feel about it? Did y'all care? And I thought that the dress had potential, but I didn't love it. Honestly. I didn't love it, but I thought it came, I thought it came together cool. What the fuck ever. Okay. Who cares? Like, honestly, who the fuck cares? Now, let's go ahead and get into Megan Formiel. And there were a lot of people that had a lot to say about this. So, Miel popped up online on January 30th. If you blinked, you would have fucking missed it. They said, if you missed the official announcement on her page, we reposted it because we love our girl, Meg. She'll be using Miel for her natural hair journey. Ah. To celebrate, we're discounting the website 35% off. Go now. And so, let's go ahead and get into the video. In 2021, one of my most important goals is to take care of my natural hair. I asked the hotties last month what are some of their favorite black-owned hair care products. And 2021, I have decided to go on my natural hair journey with Maya by Monique Rodriguez. So right now, I'm using the Rosemary Mint Growth Oil. Basically, it just makes your hair grow. <laughs> prevents breakage and it makes you smell like a peppermint <laughs> like a peppermint boom boom wow look <laughs> I think that we're wondering the same thing. Steph said, why she ain't use Taraji hair care products? Taraji is a black woman creating shit. Ain't that your friend? Why you ain't use her shit? Now, let's talk about the commercial. I thought that it was dry. I think that she looks beautiful. I think that her hair, uh, as soon as people saw how luscious you know, it was and just how bouncy and the beautiful curls, they had been asking her about her hair. And she had said at that, at that time when she first, you know, was outwitted in public in terms of being more commercial, that she didn't know how to keep it up necessarily. So she had been asking for tips. So um, I don't have an issue with the fact that she was looking for something to help, you know, wear her hair and shit like that. And I thought that it was very dewy. Um, I like the color scheme and everything like that. So like I said, I, th I thought that the visual was really, really pretty. Um, even though I thought that it was just lacking in terms of that personality and that pop and stuff like that. Now, this is what I must ask. We just got done talking or listening to, and we talked about Jay Prince be, uh, being on The Breakfast Club. And then the blogs kind of caught up to it later. So we had been discussed the fact that Jay Prince said that the paperwork ought to be done by the end of this week. Megan is not leaving 1501 or 300 and that she will remain with uh, Rock Nation for management. And I even went on Twitter and I asked you guys, how do y'all feel about um, the different deals? Do y'all feel like there's a leg up? Would y'all rather have a major label deal like Erica has, or would you rather have a major um, management deal like what Megan has? You know what I'm saying? And so people had mixed emotions about that, and that started a conversation. But at this point, I'm wondering who has their hands on Megan and who's really guiding her. Because while I thought that the visual was very, very pretty, and um, it was something that seemed more genuine because she's been talking about her natural hair, and... Um, of course, everybody's always trying different products to, to make it last and stuff like that. Miel has a very bad uh, history, okay? Now, before we dive into that history really quickly, the sale, they started it on the 30th, and they ended it on the 31st. 
and there was a time stamp on it. So, bitch, I don't know if y'all was able to even catch the goddamn sale, but the sale was real quick. You be, you blink. What no more goddamn sale? Okay. Child, they said it's still going on. No, the hell it's not. You go over there and try to check out with that damn code if you want to. They say the sale is always quick. Child, I said, damn. What the fuck going on over here? But let's go ahead and get into why people were looking sideways when Megan came out about um, that actual company. And so shout out to T-Serve Code. This young lady right here is the young lady um, who got harassed. So when she went online, there were people who went online who didn't like particular products from the brand. And they gave reviews. And you can find reviews of damn near anything on YouTube. Nothing out of the ordinary. They allegedly did not like the review that this black woman left online, went in their database, got her information, and started fucking harassing her. And outside of that horrible situation, um, people were having issues with some of the products. So, it, like, there were certain things that were fucking their hair up. You can see this young man right here saying, they called me. Okay? And, like, all these horror stories of how these people acted. Look, Miel hates black women and stuff like that. Another natural hair brand gets canceled. So they do not have reviews, and they have been um, accused of some very shady business practices. So I, I, when I saw it, I said, Megan really cannot win for losing. I mean, damn. Here goes Station Head acting a fool. Can y'all hear me? They said, Sammy, stop advertising for them. It's good now. They thought I was talking bad about Megan, bitch. They tried to cut in. Child. <laughs> but uh, I was just like, Megan can't win for losing. Because what are the odds? What are the odds that you link up with one of the brands that black people just do not fucking like? After everything that's going on. And I think that's just a testament to the lack of research. Shout out to Midwest Diva. Um, the lack of research. They just want to link up with anything and get a little check and go on about their business. Like, okay. Better look into it. So, I think that the idea was great. I think that she looked great. I think that her hair looked amazing. I just wish that it would have been with somebody with a better reputation. Okay? And that's how I feel about that. Let's go ahead and get into Chloe. Let me ask for $20 first. Hold on. More money, more money, more money. Are you enjoying the show? Y'all know where to send my shit to. Thank you. All right. Let me check, actually. Because, see, I'm over saying thank you. I'm going to be talking to my damn self. I'm going to be talking to my damn self. Little baby who I accidentally sent that money to did send the money back. So I want to give a shout-out to them. <laughs> There is hope. The the mob, we got stand-up characters. Because I, I didn't reach out on anything. I didn't say anything. But, um, God saw fit. Okay. <laughs> and that's what happened. So that's you. That's why you can't give up on people. There's still good people out in the world. And they asked me. They had sent a dollar. They was like, did you mean to send me that money? And I sent a dollar back. And I was like, no, I didn't. It was an accident. And then they went ahead and sent it back. So I was like, aw, how sweet. All right, you guys, let's go ahead and get into Chloe. So Chloe is a member of uh, Chloe and Hallie. That's a duo. 
two sisters that, that rose to fame off of doing covers. They had been doing music. They had even won like some dope competitions, all kind of shit that they had been doing. And uh, Beyonce signed them to her management company and they got signed with uh, Columbia. 2020, when we were sitting up bored. Hold on, you guys. Aw, that's so cute. Um, in 2020, when everything shut down, and I think leading into 2020, when we were watching Chloe and Hallie, I think that we were all just in awe. These young ladies had absolutely been killing it with the vocals. And they had Beyonce written all over them just with the structure of certain things and with the discipline and the control and stuff like that. Um, and just with the way that they had been proceeding. But then they came and started doing performances. And I think that if you had never seen those girls before, if you are someone who likes music and you are plugged in, you definitely took notice of Chloe and Halle in 2020. And so um, they, they have just been killing it, killing it, killing it, killing it. I say that to say, before uh, Chloe and Hallie, you know, made separate accounts and started to, you know, play a little bit with, with the features and shit and making videos and stuff like that in front of everybody else, um, they were, you know, just doing that shit on a, on, on, uh, during their performances. As they were doing that, if you if you guys were actually tuned in, Chloe has always been, you know, sexual in that way. Whereas Holly has been more reserved. Okay? And I think that anybody who's been watching them and seeing them perform, you already knew that. So it wasn't this far-fetched thing, you know, to see some of the things that we saw when it came to dances and, and the types of things that Chloe was posting. <laughs> I think that as it pertains to uh, the busted challenge. I think that was new to a lot of us. But if you have been plugged into Chloe and Hallie, they have been talking about that. Chloe even has a separate Instagram account where she says that, you know, her family and her people that she knows in real life that follow her, they've been seeing her. And that's how she really is. We had just got done watching an Instagram live between the sisters. And they were sitting up there and Holly was speaking about how we get to see Chloe and how she really is. Because we only get to see one side of her. But that she is a more sexual type of person and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? So it's a lot of people looking like, where the hell did this come from? And Chloe was keeping that reserved for the people that, you know, she actually had relationships with, that she fucked with. And Chloe, I think that you learned a lesson and, and keeping the shit that, I mean, that you hold dear, motherfucking private. That's what I think. They said she liked that on Grownish too. Let me tell you something. I don't think that there's an issue with her being affected by people in their negative comments. I just think that everything is not for everybody. And I would say that about anybody. You know, um, it hurt her feelings that people came at her a particular type of way. But once again, it doesn't make what they said right. But you opened up the door for that when you put this shit online. Now, let's go over some of the things that got people talking and the shit that got Chloe to over a million in a week. Okay, because did y'all hear? Chloe shot the fuck up. So first, Chloe popped out in front of us. I want to keep putting an emphasis on that because this is not new behavior on her account, but she was just making us privy to it. She did the Busted Challenge. Busted Challenge was oozing with sex appeal. Oozing with sex appeal. She looked like some type of cocoa butter motherfucking goddess. Skin was just perfect. It was glowing. She looked soft. I mean, just all kind of shit. All kind of shit. 
It, it was just everything. It was so cute. It, it, it was everything, okay? Then she did the silhouette challenge. The silhouette challenge turned it up a motherfucking notch, okay? Once again, oozing sex appeal. All kind of shit. And I feel like she the one that kind of kick-started that. So she was over there tearing it the fuck up, okay? Then she goes to over a million followers online. Then, this is when I said, okay, Chloe. Okay, Chloe. When she was in her damn drawers online. Now, shout out to Got the Scoop on Instagram. This is on the story in the Close Friends. She is not bare bottom. She has on underwear. So this is not inappropriate or any type of issue for anybody watching, okay? She is clothed. So Chloe was in her room saging and shit like that, having a moment. She had the camera rolling. And she had on nude underwear. Now I'm going to take you to the next picture. She is clothed. The underwear matched her skin tone in such a way that when she was facing us on the camera, it looked like her whole pussy was out. And this is where I can't sit up here and play with Chloe. As wholesome or well-rounded, whatever the fuck you want to call it as they may be, I don't think they're as naive as they put on. So I was just saging and doing this and that. You know, you know what the fuck was going on. And you know how they looked. Does that mean that she deserved a lot of the shit that came her way? No. No. But when you go from being private to within in less than two weeks, being in your damn panties and they're nude and it looks like your whole vagina may be out, that is a lot to absorb. It is a lot. Now, can't nobody tell her how often to post and da-da-da-da-da, but I don't think that it was crazy for people to have an opinion about what was going on and for them to say something. And in my opinion, I, I just can't pretend like I don't think that she's doing it for that exact purpose. You don't want to be talked about. You know what I'm saying? You didn't want this type of controversy. And then get to come back and be the good girl and all that kind of shit like that. It was, it was just, eh, eh. Let's go over here to Holly. Holly, it looked like her damn top was about to fall down. Well endowed, very shapely young ladies. Beautiful shapes, beautiful girls. Okay, shout out to the Jasmine brand. Okay, she say happy Sunday. And we damn near looking at the nipple. I mean, whole titty just splat out. So, it, it's a lot of people wondering if she trying to get on that Chloe train. She see y'all showing all that love. She said, let me show a little titty or something like that, you know? But it was quite interesting to see all of the people take up for these young ladies who tear down a Megan Thee Stallion who feel like they tired of seeing her ass. When is enough enough? So, people need to stop talking to show their ass when you get tired of looking at it? Or do y'all feel like there are certain things that should just be more private? How does that work, you guys? Because there were a lot of people that said, no, it's okay. Leave Chloe alone. That was sit up and saying, here Megan go again. You know what I mean? So I think that we definitely have to be fair when, when talking about these different things. And um, everybody has a right, you know, to do what they want to do. And they're grown women and they can explore their uh, sexuality all they want to. And, you know, it, it's their world, okay? And nobody's going to tell me what the fuck to do. But I don't think that it should have been a shock when people had an opinion. Let's go ahead and get into Chloe and um, what she had to say online. Shout out to Got the Scoop. So it really means a lot to me when I can finally get to a place where 
I share who I really am. And I've been like really insecure for a long time. And I'm finally like at that place where I have self-confidence. I'm not gonna cry. <laughs> and I'm really happy that I get to share that with you all. And I think it's so important and so special when a black woman can be strong and stand in her power in every single way. You know, I do it musically with my songwriting, with my producing. I feel so badass. And I get the same feeling when I dance in my room, when I just own who I am and my body. And for so long, I used to think I was like, so. Okay. And that's pretty much what she had to say. Now, she went on to say that she doesn't do um, all of the things that she does for other people. It's about her and how it makes her feel. I would like to say something to everybody that posts something online. If you ain't keeping it in your phone, who in the hell is you doing it for them? That, that don't even make no goddamn sense. I ain't post that because I wanted y'all to see my ass, then why you ain't keeping it in your phone? If it's just for you, then it would be for you. So when you put it online, bitch, that's for consumption. Like, you want us to see this shit. So you are doing it for some type of response. When I post a picture, I want y'all to like it. I want y'all to tell my truth. That's what social media is. What is social media? What's the point of it? Okay. So, yeah, this was online business. Now, do I think she was really hurt by things that were said? Yeah. Because I don't think she's had to deal with a lot of negative attention, her or her sister. Because of the lanes that they run in. They are not problematic at all. They don't be in a whole bunch of bullshit and shit like that. They be working and keeping it kind of clean. And I think that this was their first real dose of people feeling like, uh-uh, fuck them hoes. And they was like, where the fuck this coming from? And so um, that might have been a shell shock for her. It really may have. And I think that her emotion was genuine. But I think that, um, Chloe, you a grown-ass woman, okay? And I think that if you can't handle, you know, the responses that you may get, which obviously you can't right now, and that's fine. Because it is very ugly out here in the streets. Then go ahead and keep it on your main page. And keep it with the people that you've been sharing the shit with. But this is just, um, I think, a testament to where we are in society right now. She also posted videos of her working. Because she produces music. She made up, literally, she was doing like ad-libs. And she made like little background uh, vocals and shit like that. And she had did the beat and everything. On the piano and everything. And so, I feel like there were people who weren't interested in that shit. They were interested in her body. Why did why did Drake follow her? Not, not because of all the amazing work that she's done up until this point. It was after them damn challenges. And her dancing and all that bullshit. And I think that that's a shame. Like, we've been talking about Chloe and Halle. But because they deserve to be talked about because they fucking talented. But the internet decides that, that Chloe is worth talking about now. Because they've seen her shape. And they've seen her be sexual. And I think that that's the fucked up part. Because why she couldn't have had a million followers. I mean, she got a million followers after she was up to showing that ass. That's fucked up. Mm -mm. Shame on y'all. Talented girls. Talented girls. All right, y'all. Jesse Wu and Karen Sybil with a splash of mean Columbus. Bitch, what had happened? Jesse Wu came out swinging. Now, I think Jesse Wu was kind of weird. 
I don't know what she be going through, what be going on. But, I mean, she feels like somebody stole from her. And let's get into it. Shout out to T-Serve Code. So, Jesse Wu went online. And she said, oh, Karen Civil sent you, huh? LOL. She used to send me the, can you please go stand up for me on Twitter text all the time. Especially when the Haitians on here were getting her ass. She the only one following you, so it's painfully obvious that she sent you. So, what the person said to Jesse Wu was, for someone who flopped on love and hip-hop and the charts, now playing Twitter, Chatty Patty, no girl, F you. And so they had retweeted Karen Civil, um, said shout out to all the girls doing their thing. And they posted four different podcasts. So I can't see them all because they're kind of small. But um, there, were, there were different women, you know what I'm saying, who were business women who were doing it out here. And so Jessica, uh, Jesse Wu, she said, sis, you know how I give it up on here, Karen Civil. No need to send your cyber hooligans. Call mother of Gotti like I told you to do. Stop being scary. You calling everybody but her. Then Jessica Wu said, because uh, she throw rocks and then hide her hands behind women empowerment. How you going to get on Twitter and ask uh, for black female podcasts? Then get mad when I suggest poor minds and girl, fuck you. If Karen Silva didn't steal Mother of Gotti's concept, she sent her, 20, uh, her Twitter goons after me. Somebody said, how she find mess in your comment? I'm confused. They said, I already know how Karen Silva give it up. Go respond to this tweet of this person trying me. I'm throwing fire into the timeline for that girl all last year. Now you sending your soft ass lap dogs into my mentions because you scared of Mother of Gotti? Now let's pause. How you going to turn around and try to blast her and call people pets, essentially, because they sitting up here, you know, following behind what she said if you used to do the same thing? <laughs> Let me tell you something that happens when you're an adult, okay? You, you get the right to choose. There have been people who have tried to call out, you know, different uh, group chats that my name and number have been a part of. But what they won't tell you about is the fact that I didn't respond or indulge in it. And if you know what I'm talking about, then you know. Where somebody may have said, hey, this is what I want to happen, or this is what I want y'all to do, or da 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 You ain't never seen a response from me. Okay? And I just say that to say, you don't have to go along with it. So people can say whatever the fuck they want to say. They can ask you a whole bunch of shit, but you don't have to do it. And so um, I just don't understand grown-ass people having somebody telling them what the fuck to do and they gonna run to the internet and do it. I'ma speak up because that's what I wanna do if I see fit, bitch. Nothing more, nothing less. But anyway, let's continue on. So then Jesse will said, We had a conversation offline where you tried to press me against Mother Agati for stealing her podcast concept. Then you did what you always do. You hit up your lap dogs to come in my mentions. You've been pressing everybody who knows Diamond all week. So Karen Silver pulled up on the scene and responded directly. She said, I'm going to say this once. All caps. You and I had a conversation offline. So don't get beside yourself uh, by trying to speak on my name in this bullshit. So before you start trying to discredit or shave me, take a look at your pen tweet. Like I said to you before, be blessed. So Karen Silver was like, miss me with that bullshit, hoe. I don't know what the fuck you talking about. Yeah, bitch, we talked offline, but la da dee da da Karen Silva always in some shit. And we know mean Columbus a conquer a territory. So shit, I don't put nothing past Crimson Chin. And I already heard about Karen Silva. When Karen Silva gets upset online, she play a lot of internet games. And it be a whole bunch of bullshit. Okay? So is it possible that all this shit went down like they said? Yeah. 
So let's continue on. Jesse said, and yes, my pen tweet is me singing. That's my voice. Like I told you yesterday, Karen Civil, you only give folks opportunities so that they can be your lap dogs. That's my voice singing in my twin P, baby. Not in my tweet pen. Or my pen tweet, baby. I'm sorry. Not yours. What do you even do besides steal? Mm. She said, this is the pen tweet, y'all. I sound the fuck good here. That's why it's pen. My voice gives me opportunities. My talent gives me opportunities. God's favor on my life gives me opportunities. Karen Silver, and don't you ever forget it. Let's hear a snippet. Oh, say, can you see? Uh-huh. By the dawn's early light. Pick it up. What so proudly we had. You look shaky. Uh-huh. The bridal, the bridal. You look flat. Come on, baby. All right. Beautiful voice. I mean, some sweethearts. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. I think that that performance could have been a little bit better, but beautiful voice. You can tell that, that she has a voice. Um, I just think that maybe she was a little nervous. I heard her. It was just getting a little bit of imp for me, but, um, you know, quite possibly pitchy. It was a little bit. It's a no for me, dog, but, um, potential your home and work on it and come back. But Simon said, come back next year. Okay. Impossible. I'll never miss. I'll never miss. <laughs> they said, what does Karen Civil do? The world may never know. Bitch, how many licks does it take to get to the center row center of a Tootsie Pop? One, two. Bitch, we don't fucking know. Now, let's continue on. Then, Jesse said, respectfully, you don't know what Karen Silver has been doing behind the scenes and the phone calls that she's been making. If she ain't stealing anything, you wouldn't be throwing her weight around behind the scenes. She'd have no problem contacting Mother of God directly. Somebody said, respectfully, content was not stolen and neither was a name. And then this person said, Jesse Wu and got it. I want to believe that y'all are both too mature and creative to go this route. The names are not the same and neither are the conversations. Can we not all just create content and get these checks? Jesse said, if somebody accuses me of stealing, I have no problem hitting them up. Hey, girl, I actually didn't know about your podcast at all. I would never steal from another black woman. It's simple. I wouldn't be pressing everybody who knows that person. That's just me. Jesse said, and I understand you. And she tagged the person who had made that comment. She said, I understand you addressing this. Don't take my tweet like I'm coming at you. But again, I don't think you're privy to what's been going on. Now, I find myself identifying with Jesse in this situation. Because Ming Lee is, in my opinion, Ming Lee did exactly what Jesse is describing that Karen did. When I felt like something had been stolen from me, a concept, and I made noise about it, that's when there were conversations with other people who I knew, or another person rather, at the very least one, let's say one, that I knew. And um, there were different things said to try to, you know, have that problem die down. To try to smooth everything over. So that it didn't come off as though what I was saying was a fact. Like I would turn and say you didn't steal from me. 
And so when Jesse is saying, well, you don't know what's been going on. If she didn't think it was stolen, why she been moving like this and like that? And, and she trying to play me that online, I, I can identify with that. So I wouldn't put it past them. But that's my own type of bias, you know? Um, they said, check the other name on the podcast with Karen Silver. Yeah, and we're going to get into some more shit. Somebody said, spill it. We've been talked about it if you've been around. And, and you know exactly what happened. We're about to get into that too. But I definitely identify with um with what she's saying. All right, you guys. Let's go ahead and get into what else happened. Shout out to T-Serve Code. And T-Serve Code said in the caption, So from what I gather, this is about Karen Silver stealing another black woman's podcast. I'm not sure if it's true, but I hope that they work it out. They said also uh, Joe Button joined the podcast. Or he joined the conversation. I'm sorry. So Jesse Wu said, They were cooking your woman beating ass up, huh? And then she tagged Joe. She said, of course you deleted the tweet. Tell Karen Silver to call me instead of calling all the mutual or all my mutuals the way that she's been doing all week because she's too pussy to address Gotti directly while you at it. And so um, this is a post that says, enjoy your day. It says, as a child, I was always a, it was always a dream of mine to do something, to sing at the NBA game. And so Joe Budden had reposted it. That was from Jesse Wu and said, okay, enjoy your day. And so that's why she had called him out like, oh, you're trying to be funny. Now, you know that, what's her name? Karen Civil and Ming Lee, they got the podcast over on the Joe Button Network. And, you know, he actually was in their little commercial. And the other women that had a podcast, they didn't like it. But we don't give a fuck about them because they don't even report accurate news. Okay. See, we tried to be there for dumbass Bridget Kelly. But she want to be a hating ass bitch. Because she was, uh, you know, leftovers or over there with Nikki's leftovers and was over there trying to pop shit. So fuck her. Fuck them over there. But they were upset that Joe wasn't showing them love. So I think that when Joe Budden comes forward and he says something, I think that's to try to be on the side of the people who he thinks going to bring a lot of attention and money to the goddamn platform. And that's Karen Civil and Ming Lee. Okay. Jesse said, you really got Joe Budden to tweet my national anthem performance for what, sis? You asked me to sing because that's my talent. What is your talent? What do you do besides steal and throw opportunities back into people's faces? So Jessie Wu took this shit very personal because she's already accused Karen of texting people saying, man, go defend me. So when Joe Budden out the blue posted a clip of this woman singing and said, enjoy your day, she looking at it like, bitch, you went and hit him up and told him to do it. The same way you used to tell me to do it. Because what is Joe doing even saying something to me? We cannot say that that's what happened. But I definitely think that's what happened. Joe didn't have no parts of this damn conversation. And all of a sudden, here he go taunting this girl. I definitely think there's something to the idea that maybe Karen put him up to it. That's fucked up. He shouldn't have been in that shit. Talking about enjoy your day. Stay out of that. Like, come on now. So then... Joe went online and said, fighting publicly never helps anyone. Love and light to all. Then Jesse said, right, stick to fighting women inside. That's your lane. Don't ever come for me, bitch. He said, my bad. I didn't know you were this stupid. Continue success on your way. Jesse said, no, you're stupid. And I would advise you to shut the fuck up because I know more about you than what you think. Now, ho, suck Karen's dick and get off mine. Oh. Oh. Bitch. That's all she got big man. Oh bitch. Oh wee. It was getting turned up, baby. So then then she said, 
protect black women. Yet, all of y'all on Joe Button's network, a man who allegedly abuses women physically to this day, y'all will literally go toe-to-toe with fellow women, but won't have the same energy for our abusers. Woo, girl. Ooh, did she lie? Oh, shit. Child, I mean, the truth is the truth. The truth is the truth. And how y'all gonna have a leg to stand on when y'all on the network of a man who is, I mean, we are all well aware of the shit that's taking place. So she absolutely put the cheese on the cracker. They kind of started paying her dust after that. And uh, now it's a new day. So it's safe to say that they won't be doing any business together anytime soon. Uh, okay. And that's that. Hold on. Ray J is up here looking like spoiled milk. Uh, Ray J, without the tools, you got to find another way to fix it. Okay, Raytronics forever. Princess Love said, let's make another baby. Okay. Have you bumped your goddamn head? Princess is so fucking stupid. Like, she is so damn ditzy. Beautiful gowns. But damn, girl, what the fuck be wrong with you? She's a damn loser. <laughs> they said he an investment. She ain't letting go. Oh, is that what it is? Child. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Let's go ahead and get into it, y'all. Let me beg for money before we go ahead and break down this Wendy documentary. I know y'all want to talk about it. I'm going to definitely let y'all call in on the flip side, but let me beg, and then we're going to be back to it. More money, more money, more money. Are you enjoying the show? Then go ahead and drop something in my cash up on my PayPal. Y'all know where to send the cash, and I don't give a fuck about the furs. So let's get into the Wendy Williams documentary. Okay, did y'all watch it? Shout out to T-Surf Code. There goes the thumbnail so you can see what it looked like. It premiered on Saturday, January 30th. Now, I asked y'all for a link because I don't, I don't I don't sit up and watch no goddamn Lifetime. Lifetime trash these days, naturally. I don't watch this shit. I've, I've been a subscribed to the uh, Lifetime Movie Club before I subscribed to them Lifetime so I could watch them old movies. So, mm-mm. so I got the link and I was able to watch everything. So shout out to everybody that sent it to me. Um, the Wendy movie and documentary, before we get into a couple of key points, let me tell you what I thought about it overall. And you got to understand where I'm coming from. I think that Bessie is an amazing work of art. I think that The Temptations is an amazing biopic. I mean, things of that nature. What's love got to do with it? So when I come from a space where those are the type of movies that I'm used to, I've seen 50 different uh, depictions of Michael Jackson, but the American dream, or uh, I see the five heartbeats in the chat and shit like that. When you come from that, Malcolm X and stuff, something like this doesn't really impress you. And that's how I felt. I was, I was very unimpressed. It was very shallow. It didn't dive deeply into anything outside of her relationship with Kevin, in my opinion. And it was very, very rushed. I think that the actress that played um, Wendy did a phenomenal job. I think she did a phenomenal job. She had her um, vernacular and, and her just movements and um, everything, just everything. She had that down to a T. And I absolutely love that. They said so it was all about Kevin. Not necessarily, but the relationship with him was a pivotal part of it. And I know that that was a big part of her life, but we'll dive into it, we'll dive into it a little bit deeper in a moment. And uh, if you've been around, 
then y'all know what a review from me is like. Okay? It's like a motherfucking play-by-play. -play. That's how we got started, if y'all remember. I would be doing reviews. <laughs> so, I like to get into it. I like to get into it. Now, I thought, I, they said for Lifetime it was phenomenal. No, it wasn't. Because if you used to watch Lifetime, then you know how good the shit would be. And you know that this shit was not all that. I'm telling you. And that's just how I felt. If you felt like that impressed you, I think that your your standard has been lowered because of the types of things that come out, you know, these days. That's what I think. Because, I mean, come on now. They said the documentary was better. Baby, let's get into it. So let's get into some key points. Key points. The reason why um, there were aspects of the documentary that I liked was because Wendy was candid about some things. And I say the same thing about any documentary. Either tell the truth or go on about your business. I'm not interested in you trying to make yourself the good guy and acting like you could do no wrong. So I definitely appreciated the fact that she was very open about certain things. But let's be clear. Let's be clear and let's talk about it. Was Wendy really open or did she show you, in, in the form of a film, the types of things that she had already talked to us about? If you actually watch the movie and you're aware of Wendy and you're aware of the, the books that she had written before and what she's divulged before, then this movie and the whole rollout and the different revelations weren't really revelations at all. And you didn't really learn anything new. These are for the people that I think were introduced to Wendy on the Wendy Williams show who said, who's that woman who heard about the drama with her and her husband and wanted to see what the fuck was up? This is the movie for them. But for the people that actually have kept up on Wendy and they know exactly who she is, this wasn't new. The news of Method Man was not new, okay? She had put that in her book. The news of her being with Biggie, that wasn't new because she had put that in her book. Uh, infidelity, all kind of other shit. Drug abuse, we already knew about that. The Diddy shit wasn't new. Thank you, Jalen. Um, we didn't know who had raped her. But we knew about the rape in itself. She, have, she has always been very open. The only thing that I will give people is the Eric B. situation. Eric B. Because she spoke out or showed in the film a relationship with him of sorts that ended up with her having to get an abortion, or not having to, but deciding to go and get an abortion. I think that may have been something that people didn't know. But outside of that, I didn't find myself hearing anything that was, you know, different from what we already knew. But anyway, let's get into it. And these are just some highlights. Shout out to Bossup so y'all can have something to look at and something to reference. And so, like I said, I think that this young lady did an amazing job, an amazing job. And then y'all got to make sure that y'all check out the official documentary. I think that the documentary was better. But I say better in terms of I like the real person. I like them saying it. You saw a lot of raw emotion and all of that kind of stuff. So I enjoyed it better. Or I'm sorry, I enjoyed it more than the actual film. But I think that they are both neck and neck her what they were given and shit like that um she ain't touching her husband putting a hit on michelle listen Ooh, let's talk about it wendy and her weight issues first of all wendy didn't want to dive into her childhood it seems that wendy grew up in an affluent neighborhood okay they had a maid and shit she used to piss in the bed with a big ass um she was over there sneaking twinkies we didn't hear nothing or get to see nothing really about the relationship with her siblings. Her mama and them was in there coming in saying, you know what I'm saying, uh, you would be pretty if you wasn't a fat ass. And th then she went to the white girl house to go to a damn birthday party, feeling like, okay, I'll rule the world if I go ahead and get in this goddamn seat. Big ass then broke the goddamn chair. Big ass 
then broke the goddamn chair. That ain't the only time you have to deal with that shit. But when did it claim that she was bulimic and everything like that? I appreciate that she brought it up. But once again, let's talk about it. Because that, that was a huge part of your life. A huge part of your life. These are the things that we need to see. We need to see this shit. Did I need to see her throwing up? No. But I need to see her plates and stuff. I know, we need to get into it. We already knew that. Come on. You, she needs to bring it. She needs to bring it. So I wasn't happy with that. All she did was a little flashback to when her fat ass broke the white people chair. Okay. Let's see this. What she said in the documentary. She said, I remember my first diet in first grade. Tuna fish and mustard in a plastic container with a few grapes on the side. That's it. I'd have to take the money off of my father's dresser to change, and I would eat uh, the school lunch. I'd eat the tuna fish and mustard, pull out my change, have an ice cream sandwich, chocolate milk, the whole bit. My father, the first man who loves you, the first message about my weight is, Wendy, you have such a pretty face if you just lose some weight. She said, I would get weighed constantly by my mother and father. So I just wish that she would have dove into that a little bit more. And I think that that's why she did a documentary uh, right after the biopic. Because she knew that it was lacking. But then that means to me that you didn't put your best foot forward. But you should have left blood on the dance floor. You're supposed to go out there and serve it up, baby. Uh-uh-uh. We don't need no goddamn biopic with a documentary right after the fuck. I wish Michael Jackson would have gave me a damn documentary after that five-hour movie. You better go sit your ass down so I move walk your ass about my fucking face. Nigga, hell no. Give me everything right here, right now. Okay? I don't even want to see the bruise Joe left on your ass. No, uh-uh. Now, let's get into this right here. Wendy has been how just prolific in radio. I do not respect the way that Wendy has gone about business. But I have to respect what she's been for the culture. And I have to acknowledge that it would be much different for people like me to do what it is that I do if people like her didn't exist. I don't sit up and say it wouldn't be possible. No, 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 baby. Because I am. But wait a minute now. Hold on. You was born before me, baby. That's it. Okay? I, and this ain't no knock to me. It, I, you wouldn't do this and that if it wasn't for such and such. Why am I a victim of, of all of the years that your ass been on earth, bitch? God put you here first. And that was your lane. That's what he wanted you to do. But once again, I am able, once again, to get up and talk my shit, I think, in part two, you know, due to people like Wendy Williams who opened that door. She was very revolutionary in that way. And that's where the respect comes from in terms of her craft for a person like me. That this woman went to work and never missed a day and showed up and said, listen, the people want to know about what's going on in the streets. Let's make this shit interesting. And that's what the fuck they did. And then we have a whole new way of... um. You know what I'm saying? Dispersing information and, and running down news and shit like that. Okay, so a black shock jockey. And I think like the first black radio shock jockey that was able to become legendary. So is she a living legend? Absolutely. Absolutely. Regardless of how you feel about Wendy, Wendy came through and, and did the, what the fuck needed to be done. Okay? And we gotta give it up to her. Gotta, gotta, gotta. In that regard. Now... Let's get into relationships. Now, Wendy grew up a particular way, but then turned around telling us she loved thugs. But I'm looking at uh, Jay Shuttlesworth's comment, a biopic with no friends, that's sketchy. I agree. Now, she tried to combat that by saying cocaine was her best friend. She was her own best friend. She was high all the time. But no, ma'am. No, ma'am, Wendy. No. 
and I'm not buying it. Wendy left out a lot of shit. They said Wendy ain't had no friends. Wendy had some people she talked to. Wendy, who Wendy go get the, the damn cocaine from? That's one nigga there. She ain't even show us her riding around there to go get it. Bitch, show me something, bitch. I'm trying to see how you was living, ho. Take me around there the way you get the dope from. You ever had to suck dick for a little uh, eight ball, bitch? That's what I'm trying to see. I'm trying to see something. So I didn't like that. I didn't like that. All of a sudden, you know, she just up there. They bringing her dope in sandwich bags. No, no, no. Where would you, where would you at? That's what I want to see. Uh-huh. Who the plug, Wendy? Who the plug? So anyway, Eric B. and the abortion. So Wendy revealed that she dated Eric B. of Eric B. and Rakim. And uh, she ended it with a credit situation. So what happened was she went and got a car on her credit. Rented a goddamn car for him. He was supposed to take it back. They calling the damn station, bitch. They finna put a arrest warrant on her ass. Bitch, oh, that car ain't been back. It's been two weeks. Where's the car? Fucked her credit all up. I couldn't even imagine not taking a rental car back. Have y'all ever done that? Them problems I ain't even thought about. I don't even know nobody in my bloodline that ain't returned a goddamn rental car. And bitch, you don't give a fuck about nothing. So I'm already knowing them big issues. You, a uh, rental car? Bitch, hell no. Hell no. You must want to just run off. Like Jada Pinkett. Day after day. Seems like I'll be love. Yeah, whatever. Bitch, you finna run away? Cause I know damn well you ain't take them people motherfucking car. But anywho, she went ahead and let Eric B ride her car. He was fucking the shit out of her, driving it all around town. And then when she uh was like, okay, what the fuck my car at, bitch? They looking for it. He came back with the keys and threw them at her damn feet. This bitch had on some damn Timberlands. So I think that she took it as a form of disrespect. But Wendy wear a size 11. He might have thought it was a grown-ass man in the house and threw the keys and felt like he needed to run. I don't think he knew that was you. I don't think he knew it was you. So I, I, don't, I would really like to speak with him about how the keys ended up on the floor. Because it looked like she made it seem like he threw them. Cause like fuck you bitch but when i saw how they landed and that was by them thick ass tims i said well betcha by golly wow baby he thought you was getting robbed you know he just threw the keys like a ransom i don't know i don't know but uh then then she popped up pregnant for the nigga so she went and got an abortion because she didn't want to have his baby he ain't even know so i don't know um if he found out watching the movie or what, okay? In the documentary, she said, it was one of the loneliest experiences of my life, okay? And uh, when she went to go and get the abortion. Let's talk about the cocaine use. I don't like how the drug abuse was skimmed over. And see, Wendy likes to do this often. I don't think that Wendy likes to be as accountable as she could be for her drug abuse. I think she likes to um, deflect. In the movie, she did it again. For example, it was everywhere. Okay, but babe, everybody wasn't doing it. You were a crackhead. Okay. It, it, it's the way that she kind of brushes it off. You know what I'm saying? Well, it was everywhere. Everyone was doing it. You know, I, I didn't have a problem. You know, it wasn't that deep. The movie will make it seem as though crack really don't have no side effects. You Really, it will make you feel like if you want to be successful, go do cocaine. The way Wendy was sitting up here clowning. It didn't seem to slow her ass down at all. I didn't like that. Because that is not a true depiction 
of what the fuck happens when you are a functioning crackhead. They say a stone cold crackhead. Then this the same woman that'll turn around and y'all got it right, that'll try to come at Whitney Houston. Impossible. How dare you try to come at her for her damn choices and use a dope thing. Okay, this, this was absolutely ridiculous. How dare you, bitch? So let's read it. Let's read it. So Wendy had said that her relationship with cocaine was the most important relationship in her life. Um, later in the documentary, Wendy shared that she actually had a scary moment working an overnight radio shift where she passed out and hit her head after snorting lines. So these are the types of things that I felt like should have been depicted in the biopic. If you can show us the sex scene, then bitch, you can show us when your ass passed the fuck out because you was doing all this shit. So she said there was one particular night where I go to the bathroom, standing in the mirror, I take my hit, I pass all the way out down to the ground. My head hit the wall and I woke up. There was nobody at the station. I could have been dead. It's a miracle I'm sitting here now, actually. Okay? They said she was somebody that made me invincible. Man, listen, listen. I just felt like the reality of the situation should have been more apparent. Uh, it just looked like a, a good time when she was over there getting high. And once again, I don't think that it was as true to life as it could have been. And that's where the whole thing fell short for me. She could have really, really touched on some stuff. And even if she didn't want to dive as deep into it as she could have, there could have been more to it. Well, we really got to see, you know what I'm saying? Everything wasn't just, um, you know, rainbows and shit. Let's continue on. The miscarriages. It was gut-wrenching watching it. And I wouldn't care who it was. The scene where Wendy got raped... It was just horrendous. I hate seeing people get assaulted. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. No one deserves to be uh, raped or taken advantage of. So my heart really went out to her um, in that regard. When we got to um, the miscarriages and stuff like that, they lingered on it. And I, I applaud her for that because I, I can only imagine how, how hard that was to watch it back and to deal with it again. Um, losing child after child. I, it really, once again, it really was just, uh, gut wrenching to watch. And they really sat on it and they took you through that journey as much as they could for the time frame that allowed. And, um, she had fertility issues. She said that she thought that maybe it was her karma because of the way that she spoke about people and her previous abortion. You know, um, Tony Braxton had been very vocal about feeling like her abortion could have been the reason why something was wrong. You know, one of her children is autistic. And a lot of people have that guilt, where, you know, where they feel like, if I go and do this, this is what's going to happen, you know? Um, so that, that was hard to watch. That was hard to watch. So the radio host miscarried at seven weeks, and then months later had another miscarriage at five months. And then later, after getting pregnant a third time, her baby was still born at five months, and it shook her to the core. And then she literally asked the doctor, why do my babies keep dying? What I didn't like about the depiction of the relationship with Kevin, Kelvin, excuse me. Wendy has been very vocal about, you know, how, and that's in, the, in doing interviews leading up to the release of these different things, saying that he had always been a cheater and stuff like that. Wendy brushed over um, a lot of things that we've heard about Kevin. Really, really, really brushed over it. And then when she had the opportunity to address certain things, she really pulled back. And enlighten the situation. I didn't like that. Okay? I didn't like that. For her to focus so much on that relationship, I thought that she played it very fucking cool. And if Kevin was doing all this and that, and he's what you say, and, and you found that out, why couldn't we see none of that? 
And I think that Wendy was trying to show us and leave us with the impression that it, there was so much love there. Do I think that they cared about each other? Yes. Do I think that people were getting used? More so than the yes that I gave for question one. You know, um, and, and that's just how I feel about that. I definitely, I definitely feel like there was some using going on. And I don't think that she really was upfront about things that she went through with him. And we're going to dive into that a little bit more. Let's continue on. Um, in the documentary, she said, the entire city saw me have two five-month miscarriages. She said, I was out doing public appearances, you know, with the virgin and belly. And I had to deliver those babies with the epidural. And the push, push, push. And the nurses, they said, do you want to know if it's a boy or a girl? I said, no. They said, do you want a funeral? I said, just go. And that was the part where it really was gut-wrenching, where I think that Wendy was trying to convey to us the reason why the baby was the final straw. And that's, that's what I got from it. That that's why that was the final straw for her with her husband. And the insult to injury was the baby girl. Because when Wendy gave birth to the baby that was stillborn, and they told her what it was, it had been a girl. And, you know, they ultimately went on to have a baby boy. And the whole thing was, they, Wendy claims that they told her that she had a weak cervix. Literally just could not hold the weight of the baby. So she just needed to be on bed rest. That's it. That's it. And so it was just a huge blow. A huge blow. And that, those other babies really could have made it if, if the doctors had been more interested in what was going on with her fucking body. You know what I'm saying? So if we to believe what was presented to us, then that's what happened. And um, I don't know how much I believe that. With the way she said she was doing cocaine and shit and living it, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, but that's what she said happened. And I think that um, there are a lot of women who have never done any drugs who have had issues carrying babies, and that was the issue. So I think that if they had, um, you know, paid more attention, I think that they would have been able to catch that. That's exactly how I feel. And I think that they continue to fall short when it comes to black women, you know what I'm saying, um, in the process of giving birth and stuff like that. A lot of black women die giving birth in 2021. We like to say over here on my radio that black men get killed in the streets and black women get killed in the goddamn hospital room, okay? Because that's how it is, you know? So uh, I would have liked for them to dive into that a little bit since that was a huge part of her life and very impactful. But I applaud her for even uh, opening up and sharing that. Because I just couldn't imagine, you know, having to deal with it, look at it, watch it, have them edit it, watch it again, and have everybody come into, you know, the fold and know what was up. But once again, like she said, the entire city saw her have the miscarriages. So it's not like that was a secret either, you know. So, And then she went on the show and spoke about it. Um, I would have liked to have seen Wendy talk more about some of the things that she did to get in positions. Wendy made sure to say... I, I was never without a job in my adult life for more than two weeks. You know, how did you do, you know, any of these things? You know what I'm saying? It, she just popped up in certain spaces. And I, once again, I just wish that we would have kind of got into some of the hustle and the grind of it all. This is a legend, you know, in the field. And it would have been cool to see some of that stuff. I'm not saying dive deeply into it, but when I'm watching some of these other documentaries and I see how they were literally singing in basements and then going from here to here trying to pedal records and shit like that, 
uh, it would have been cool to just see how it worked in, in, you know, in her world and how she got in those spaces and got to talk to those people. It, it was rushed in that way. Um, and let's go ahead and get into some more shit. Okay, that's that. That's that. Cool. Those were the main bullet points. <sighs> her son. Wendy outright said her son was off limits. Even though she had spoken to us, you know, about the K2 and the fact that, you know, he got into it with his daddy. We knew about that. The son was off limits. So, obviously, she's very sensitive about that and she don't want to talk about it. Then maybe you're not ready to have a documentary. Huge part of your life, once again, that she left the fuck out. That she left the fuck out. Now, hold on. I want to pause. I want to pause. Also, when it comes to Kevin, we didn't get to see anything, even in the scene where Kevin came in and slammed the thing down on the table. Wendy claims that he actually broke that table. But in the movie, it didn't break. He just threw the chair and he left. Fuck the table. That's an example of how she downplayed his fucking behavior. Everybody was happy uh, when Kevin left, but she didn't show all the different things about people feeling harassed and sexual comments and all kind of shit. Y'all made a comment earlier about um, how she didn't bring up how it allegedly was a hit out on somebody, on Miss Jones. They didn't bring that up. Let's bring up this shit right here. There are a lot of people that feel like they said it cracked the table. Look, crack, broke, whatever the fuck. That ain't what the fuck they put in that movie. They said it should have been a miniseries. Okay. Do we think that he beat on her? That he was abusive to her? I would think yes. Now, we can't prove that. But if we go back to this claim that disappeared all of a sudden without prejudice, which means that they can't, you know, bring it up again. There was one worker who claims that, um... Kelvin, he would scream obscenities at her and then he would call them bitches, the different people at work, and he would tell her how much he wanted to fuck her. Um, he called Miss Spence on her cell phone at all hours of the night and told her that he had been dreaming about sleeping with her. They said Defendant Hunter also told Miss Spence that she had a big butt and that she was going to be a hot bitch and that she needed a real man. And then he would often ask her who she was fucking. Um, when she continued to reject his advances, he reportedly told a male employee that she wouldn't fuck him because there must be something wrong with her pussy. She alleges that on one occasion, the defendant, uh, the defendant, I'm sorry, Hunter openly physically abused Miss Williams. Now this is the point that I'm getting to. Do we believe that he may have put his hands on her or do we believe that it was all daisies and rainbows? Wendy sat up on the biopic and said, I'm the only one that was doing cocaine. He knew it. He only did weed, but he never tried to get me to stop. Okay. Every time we saw him, I'm going to support you in everything that you do. I just didn't feel like it, they was telling the truth. They said, yes, yeah, she said it in the documentary. They said, yes, he beat her. Child. So this lawsuit said um, that Spence claimed that Hunter punched Williams in the face. Oh, let me go back. She claims that he openly physically abused Wendy Williams pinning her against the wall with his hand around her neck, choking her while repeatedly pounding his fist into the wall directly behind her. Okay? Because she had been smoking cigarettes, allegedly. The woman also claimed that Hunter had punched Williams in the face and violently attacked her in the parking lot used by the company employees. Now, um, moving along from that, of course they denied all of these allegations, 
but the case was suddenly dismissed with I said without prejudice with prejudice I'm sorry which means that it can't be refiled back in 2008 these are the types of things that I would have liked to have you know uh, been touched on in the damn documentary and shit or the biopic rather because these are very real things that blew up that that show was on the verge of getting fucked up then so when Wendy was sitting up there saying well I'm not gonna let my show go down the drain because I'm you know what's going on now with you cheating and you trying to make me look crazy and shit like that Wendy's show you know had been an issue and shit like that before that because of them different allegations up against him and I thought that it would have been good for them to tell some of that shit too. So I just don't feel like we really got anything. Wendy gave y'all what she wanted to give y'all. She did what people do when they uh, have a seat at the table. And they can have a voice in, you know what I'm saying, these different creations. Because she, did she really get to it? No. Y'all feel like she did because y'all ain't really know that shit already. We already knew that. We don't give a damn. Now, let's go ahead and get into what's going on now. Well, uh, one of my people sent me this. They got an, an exclusive email from Wendy, them. Calling all single men. Wendy, want to date Wendy? Take your best shot. It's lonely out in these streets, and Wendy is looking for love. Like Wendy always says, if you want to find love, you have to cast your rod in a lot of different pawns. If you are an eligible bachelor, you know, want to date Wendy. Now's your chance to take your shot. We'll show the most impressive videos. Oh, you got to send a 30-second video explaining why Wendy should take you on a date. And then they're going to pick the most impressive videos and show the top three guys, um, and they could come to New York to appear on their show, The Dating Game, okay? And so Wendy um, is, is looking for a man. How do y'all feel about that? Exclusive. Did she say it's a whole show, but y'all don't watch it? <laughs> do y'all know about Wendy's little dating show or dating segment child? Girl, go on about your goddamn business. Go find one of them niggas you picked up outside of the road last time. Take care of them for a week. Ain't nobody got time for that bullshit. Now, let's go ahead and get into Eric B. Now, Eric B came forward, and he poked a little bit of fun. He said, damn, I need a rental. And this is a photograph from back in the day. And so he said, too hilarious. I laughed, too. Well, it made for great TV, but the truth is something different. Try that. So he didn't identify with certain things that were depicted in the film. We don't know what exactly, but that's what he had to say. Um, you can't make everybody happy. Everybody going to go up against the grain. You know, it's three sides to a story at all times. And so that's just that. I think that there's always room for that, and somebody always going to have an issue. Um, she didn't, like, run his name down into the mud. They dated. It obviously was a fucking thing where she felt like she was just being used. She said that. You fucked over the rental, fucked up her credit. She said that and went on about her business and said that she got an abortion. I don't think she really spent too much time on him anyway for it to really be too much of an issue. Uh, they said, why would she lie about a rental? It, that made her look dumb. So I don't, I don't think that that was a lie. I think she just, you know what I'm saying, put it out there, did what she did. Now, Wendy is up here doing a chitlin circuit talking about fucking Method Man, but you didn't see that in the biopic either, okay? Even though she didn't wrote about all this shit in her books. You ain't see that. Shout out to God the Scoop. Method Man's lovely wife, Tamika, came forward and she has had enough of Wendy and her bullshit. So this is a statement from Tamika Smith, the wife of Method Man. She said, <clears throat> For years, I kept my silence while Wendy Williams launched constant verbal attacks against my husband, myself, and our family. In the past, I ignored her lies, innuendos, and blatant attempts to provoke us. 
But Wendy has proven again and again that she is incapable of any decency. Her obsession with our lives has reached a new low. And I'm tired of taking the high road. Okay? In an obvious attempt to increase ratings for her sad biopic, her struggling TV show, and her burnt-out career, ooh, burn, Wendy has once again targeted my husband. It's a pattern that she's repeated for years. When I was diagnosed with cancer years ago, Wendy shared my personal medical information with her listeners live on the air during her radio broadcast. She didn't care that she was violating my right to privacy or that I hadn't shared the news of my diagnosis with my family and friends yet. She never apologized, never expressed any regret whatsoever. Now, this goes and speaks to my lack of respect for Wendy. Now, Wendy sat down with Andy Cohen recently, shout out to the Jasmine brand, and she said that she wants to apologize to Evelyn Lozada. Now, it is not a secret that Method Man was very upset, him and his family, with what the fuck she did. And she ain't never felt it in her spirit to come and apologize to them damn people, and I think that that says a lot about her. You want to apologize to Evelyn about some bullshit. But what you need to be doing is apologizing to one of the people from your damn community that you done fucked over all these damn years. They talking about now, now what? Now what? And see, this is why I do what I do. Was it an exclusive, or why I do the, uh, the shit that I do the way that I do? Was it exclusive information um, that Wendy found out as it pertains to that woman's health status? Yes. But at whose expense? And is it worth it? I'm the type of person that'll wait until that woman says something. And then I'll tell y'all, yeah, I knew, but that wasn't my place. And I wish her the best. And now let's talk about it. There are too many people that forsake humanity. You know what I'm saying? Just to have a fucking moment. And that will never be my thing. Ever. Ever. There are some people who want to be a shock jock. I don't aspire to be a shock jock. I'm not a shock jock. You know, they said she apologized on her show. Okay. Um, but that, that's just not for me and I don't like it. You know what I'm saying? Because that woman is still a human. She hadn't even told her family yet. And you got your ass up there and said what you said. Like that shit was just fucked up, but you can, you want to apologize to Evelyn Lozada. But the people telling me that she, um, that she did apologize. So I could stand corrected. I would need to go look it up. Okay. But met the man's wife hasn't accepted whatever apology she threw out. So I'm going by what she's saying and what I've seen. And I ain't seen no damn apology. But like I said, I could be wrong. So Wendy said, I'm, I'm sorry, Tamika. So that's met the man's wife. Despite my anger, I chose not to respond publicly to, to her unhealthy fixation with my husband and our marriage. It was clear that she was sick and that she was struggling with a lot of issues, including self-hate and low self-esteem. Over the years, those issues have made her increasingly ugly, both inside and out. And no amount of plastic surgery can fix the ugliness inside of her. Instead of using her platform to uplift women, she spent her career attacking marriages while her own fell apart. She criticized celebrities battling addictions despite her own struggles with substance abuse. There's no limit to how low she will go in the name of making headlines. Mm. Her career is on life support. Her husband has abandoned her. And the ratings for all of her projects are down. She's desperate for attention. And she's trying to use my husband's popularity as a way to get her name trending. How sad that a woman who was once revered in the entertainment industry has reduced herself to a tabloid side note and a circus freak. Ooh. For the record, my marriage is solid. My husband continues to enjoy a successful career. And Wendy will forever be one of the most miserable bitches on the planet. Yikes. 
now that was a read, but bitch, did your husband fuck her or no? Because that's the question at hand. Fuck all that. <laughs> Girl, okay. Now, while all of that may be true, did your husband fuck? That, that's where we're at with it. Okay? Okay? Let's ask for 20. More money, more money, more money. Y'all know where to send it. All right. So, that was that. Now, let's get into some former colleagues that had something to say. Let's talk about some of the people that were depicted. They got up on Clubhouse. And I want to give a shout-out to um, Lipstick Alley because they did some great spark notes, okay, about the conversation. So they got up on Clubhouse, and they were talking about how they felt about some of the things um, that were going on in the movie. And so a lot of people had a lot of respect, you know what I'm saying, uh, for the film, and they liked it. But let's talk about it. There was a guy named D. Lee who was actually on Clubhouse. And he said that he created the how you doing catchphrase. We didn't see nothing about how that came into fruition. She said that, or he said that Ken, that Kevin, uh, Kelvin, and Wendy stole it after stringing him along and lying to him because he was asking for compensation to be a part of her radio show by their request. They claimed that, um, or he claims that they had him come to WBLS and had already recorded and recreate him saying how you doing. He's traveling elsewhere, and people calling him and telling him that he's on New York radio. And he's like, no, I'm not. I'm in Florida. He finally came back to New York to confront them, and Kelvin allegedly took him for a ride around the station about 20 times trying to convince him that they came up with it. Okay, D. Lee eventually said that, well, I didn't want to, you know, get into too much of a, a tiff about it. I didn't want to have to go up against her fans. I didn't want to have to go to court about it. I don't care. That's what he said. Uh, he said if he could see Wendy right now, he would ask her why she stole that from him and said that he's he's happy in his life, okay? And that's what he wants to do. Former female DJ, um, radio DJ Keisha, who sat in for Wendy while she took off on her birthday, Wendy came back the next day and she blasted her and said, I don't know who that little girl is that was filling in for me yesterday, but that won't ever happen again. Uh, she felt away. She she felt like, you know, yeah, who was that woman that they were depicting? that was giving Wendy all that strife at the station. They say she wasn't the only one that was sitting up treating women a particular type of way. Okay? And so that's Keisha. That's her right there. Let's continue on. DJ Mr. C was talking, saying that she blasted him about messing with transsexuals on the low, and it almost ruined him. They saw each other maybe two or three years ago, and she cried and apologized to him, he claims. He said that he forgave her because he knew and understood that it was all Kelvin. He said that him and Wendy are friendly now. He called her earlier today or earlier that day when it was on Clubhouse and uh, talked to her and said that she was in good spirits but that she was a lonely person. That's what was said. Vinnie Brown said that the meeting in the car, do y'all remember when she met up with the guy and was like, I want to come back to New York? Okay. Vinnie Brown, um, he said that he didn't happen... Or it didn't happen like that at the rest stop. He says that it was at a restaurant and Wendy and Kelvin were there. The deal was made then and there. Okay? Then he says that he would have liked to see more of her radio days in the story. There are stories behind the Russell Simmons puffy call, the Bill Cosby call, the R. Kelly tape. There's a whole story behind the Whitney Collin interview. He says that there was a lot of stuff that was um that was left out. They said, oop, 